kitchen. Surah Al-Fatih is one of the chapters that was recited. And in it, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala informs us of a great event in the life and the seerah of Sayyidina Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. During the sixth year after Hijrah, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam saw in a dream that he was in a state of ihram and traveling to Makkah Mukarrama to perform Umrah with the Sahaba radiallahu anhum in a state that they were able to enter Makkah and perform tawaf without any difficulty. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam informed the Sahaba and we can imagine the excitement that they experienced because since the time of migration from the Hijrah, this was now six years and they were able to now perceive the thought of returning back to Makkah and making tawaf. Those uh, people who have went for Umrah now recently, they're telling us now after the two years of lockdown, what the feeling was just to see the Baytullah and to see the Kaaba and to be in the state of Ihram. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us all tawfiq to go with afiyat inshallah. So Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, when he informed the Sahaba radiallahu anhu, when he saw the excitement, they prepared to undertake the journey of Umrah. In the month of Dhul Qa'dah, after the month, uh, Shawwal Dhul Qa'dah, the second month after Ramadan. And Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam went to the point out of Medina called Dhul Hulayfa, the place where the people performing Umrah and going for Hajj, they wear the Ihram, it's called, nowadays it's called Abiyar Ali, and it's also called Dhul Hulayfa, the current name. They, they donned the Ihram and they set off for Makkah Mukarramah. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam also then sent out scouts to uh, check the, the way ahead and ensure that there's no threat from the Quraysh. And he was informed thereafter that uh, Khalid bin Walid radiallahu anhu later on embraced Islam. He had, in the form of a vanguard, set out to intercept Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Nabi sallallahu changed his route and reached a point called Hudaybiyah. Hudaybiyah, presently, some part of it is within the boundary of the Haram and some part is out of the boundary of the Haram. Rasulullah sent various messengers to inform the Quraysh that they came unarmed without the intention of engaging in battle and they merely wished to perform Umrah and visit the Baytullah. So the first person Nabi sent, he was rejected and they said, we don't want to hear anything from you and we are not prepared to entertain you in any way. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam summoned the Sahaba radiallahu anhum and he told Sayyidina Umar ibn al-Khattab perhaps you should go. So Sayyidina Umar radiallahu anhu said oh, oh, oh Nabi of Allah you know how I am with the mushrikeen and you know how they are with me. And if our idea is to display um, peace and we are going peacefully into Mecca then I am not the person to be sent because of my temperament and I will not tolerate anything which is done disrespectfully from them. Perhaps our friend and brother, your son-in-law Sayyidina Uthman ibn Affan would be the suitable person to send. So Rasulullah says that is a good idea because Sayyidina Uthman was a person of high standing and very well respected amongst the Quraysh. So he goes, Sayyidina Uthman and they said listen, okay uh, we will allow you to do your Umrah seeing that you have come to Mecca and we respect you but Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam will not be allowed to perform the Umrah. Sayyidina Uthman radiallahu anhu then refused. He said, I will not perform Umrah if Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is not allowed. And uh, that's my final word. Thereafter, they detained Sayyidina Uthman for a little while. And the rumor reached Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam that Sayyidina Uthman has been murdered in Makkah Mukarramah. 
that he's been killed by the Quraysh. And Rasulullah did not tolerate this. He said, now we will avenge and we will not return to Medina Munawwara until we take revenge for the death of Sayyidina Uthman. At that time, he told the Sahaba to step forward and take a pledge of allegiance on his hand. And this is what is referred to in the verses which he recited. Under a tree, Rasulullah was sitting and he called the Sahaba. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions this particular incident in one of the verses recited. لَقَدْ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنِ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ Most certainly Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has announced his pleasure upon the mu'mineen referring to the sahaba radiallahu anhum. Allah is pleased with them. إِذْ يُبَايِعُونَكَ تَحْتَ الشَّجَرَةِ When they took the pledge of allegiance beneath the tree. To the minute detail Allah is describing it. And Allah says, عَلِمَ مَا فِي قُلُوبِهِمْ And the condition of their hearts is known to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So anybody who comes afterwards till the day of Qiyamah and accuses the Sahaba radiallahu anhum of being hypocrites or being off track or deviated or misguided, this verse testifies against them because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says He's pleased with them and He knows what's in their heart. عَلِمَ مَا فِي قُلُوبِهِمْ فَأَنزَلَ السَّكِينَةَ عَلَيْهِمْ In any case, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala put firmness and tranquility in the hearts of the Sahaba radiallahu anhum and uh, they placed their, their hands in his blessed hand and they took bay'ah on death, that they are going to take revenge for the death of Sayyidina Uthman, even if it means that they have to die. They will not return to Medina. There was a particular Sahabi whose name, whose name is Sayyidina Al-Akwa'a. He is a very famous Sahabi and the youngsters should do some research on him. He was known for his bravery. Sayyidina Salama, in his youth, there was a gang that tried to raid Medina Munawwara and he chased them away single-handedly. And he was so swift with his arrows that they thought a few people were shooting arrows at them. And he was running faster than their conveyances so he would run ahead of them and shoot from the front direction. And then when they, when they retreated, he goes back past the animals and then he shoots at them and they were thinking there were multiple people attacking them. This Sahabi, in a hadith in Ibn Majah, some of the tabi'een say that we heard about this this bay'ah and this pledge under the tree. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam took a pledge from each sahabi once. But from this sahabi, the pledge was taken thrice. Pledge on death. That I put my hand in your hand with my life, I'm prepared to sacrifice to defend the deen of Islam. So thrice, in the beginning of the gathering, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Salama, come. And he placed his mubarak hands in, the hand of Rasul, in, in, in his hand. And then in the middle of the, the, the bay'ah and the allegiance, the pledge, Again, a second time. And the end again, Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam told him, come back again and place your hand in my hand. Because of his bravery and the strength of his iman. So some of the tabi'een who came later on, they heard of this particular hadith. So they said, we wish to go and visit Sayyidina Salama ibn al-Akwa and he was very old already, in his 90s. So they came to him and they met him. And they asked him about this particular incident and he explained to them that he, he placed his hand in the hand of Rasulullah sallallahu so many times. And uh, they said, please, take out your hand so that we may kiss that hand that was t- blessed with touching the hand of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So the Sahabi radiallahu anhu said, Salama, he took out his hand and these young uh, enthusiastic students of the tabi'een, they saw his hand, it looked stronger than the the arm of a camel, the muscles and the strength of his hand, even in that old age. 
was looking stronger than the, the, the front leg of a camel. And they kissed his hand. The muhaddithi never said, that, no, it's bid'ah to, to kiss. And now if, if somebody kisses a teacher's hand or somebody kisses a father's hand, it becomes a, 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 a fault or a defect in people's eyes. The kissing of the hands of, of teachers and parents, mothers and fathers, is part of the tradition. Imam al-Nawawi, rahimahullah, in Kitab al-Adhkar, has mentioned the virtue of kissing the hands of your parents. In fact, even kissing the feet of your parents. Nowadays, that is something strange because we're not spending time with our parents. We're not sitting with them. We're not taking care of them. In any case, so this Sahabi that took bay'ah and Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam then was in fifth stage. They said, now Uthman is fine. And then a, a treaty was drawn up between Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and the Quraysh of Mecca that there'll be a peace period for 10 years. <coughs> there will be no hostility between the two uh, uh, factions. And also... Uh, some other conditions were made. That if somebody leaves Mecca Mukarramah and comes to Medina, he'll have to be returned, and vice versa. If somebody comes from Medina and goes to Mecca, he will not be returned to the, to the Sahaba radiallahu anhum. And the Muslims were, Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was agreeing because he wanted peace to prevail. The, the environment in which deen spreads is when there's peace and tranquility, not when there's hostility and fighting and bickering. So... The Sahaba anhum were very reluctant. They stayed about two weeks in that particular place. Now they understood that they cannot make Umrah this year. The Quraysh said, you can come back next year. This year, under no circumstance will we allow it to be against our pride. So therefore, you must come back next year. The Sahaba were very, very distressed. And Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam told them, we'll have to come out of the state of Ihram and return to Medina Munawwara. They were crying and weeping. And Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa said to his blessed wife, Ummu Salama radiallahu anha, the Sahaba are not coming out of the state of Ihram. What's happening? I told them. So that she said, oh, oh, Nabi of Allah, it is not due to their, any form of disobedience. It's merely the grief and anxiety in their hearts that they're finding it hard to come out of the state with the hope that they were able to make tawaf and perform the umrah. So all you need to do is go out in front of them and remove your Ihram and have your hair shaved and that way you'll see what happens thereafter. The advice of the wife of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, reward her thereafter the Sahaba radiallahu anhum came out of the state of Ihram. During this particular event, the, the messengers of the Quraysh that were sent to Rasulullah sallallahu observed one thing. They said, we, we've, we've visited the Persians and the Roman emperors, but we've never seen the type of affiliation, love, respect, and dignity shown to a leader the way the Sahaba showed to Rasulullah sallallahu They said, if he was performing wudu and washing his face, the water wouldn't touch the ground. They would sit and catch the water beneath the blessed hands of Rasulullah Even if Nabi Sallallahu had to rinse his mouth, they would catch that water also. Because Rasulullah Sallallahu is the purest of the creation of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. And they said, we've never seen anybody showing that much love and respect for anyone the way the companions of Muhammad showed Rasulullah Sallallahu And this is why, respected brothers, the Sahaba Radiallahu Anhum, they are the foundational group of individuals that defended the deen of Islam. If we do not respect the Sahaba, you cannot... You will not have respect for the Qur'an because the people who told us the Qur'an is the Qur'an is a Sahaba. If you do not respect the Sahaba, you cannot respect the hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu Who told us the hadith is of Rasulullah sallallahu So there's no deen left if there's no respect for the Sahaba radiallahu anhum. And this is an integral part of our, our, our creed and our iman that we show the utmost respect to the companions of Rasulullah sallallahu Yes, 
It is a belief of Ahlul Sunnah wal Jama'ah that the Sahaba are not ma'asum, they are not infallible, they made mistakes. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allowed them to make mistakes and their mistakes were rectified by Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and their tawbah and repentance and forgiveness was announced in the Qur'an by Allah. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam himself is infallible, cannot make any mistakes. All the Anbiya alayhi salam are ma'asum. But there are certain things which needed to be taught to the Ummah. If you commit this particular sin, what, how do you make tawbah? How do you repent? What is the activity you need to engage in? And the Sahaba then, that was part of their function. Through them, the Ummah was, was taught how to make tawbah, how to repent, and how to... A person, a lady committed zina and, 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 and the, she was executed. And one of the Sahaba, radiallahu anhum, he, he pulled his face when uh, this was happening. That, you know, what an evil woman she was. She is so impure. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Do not look down upon this woman. Because if her tawbah has to be distributed amongst the whole of Medina, it would have been sufficient for them. So the Sahaba radiallahu anhum had the greatest of ranks. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, He has forgiven and pardoned them. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us all tawfiq to respect and maintain the level of dignity of the Sahaba radiallahu anhum in our hearts and on our tongues so that on the day of Qiyamah we can be resurrected with them insha'Allah. Wa akhiru da'wana alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. InshaAllah we'll have our dhikr program now.